You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. It's time for It's My Money, and It's My Money is brought to you by Brentos Wealth, and Brentos Wealth has been voted South Africa's top boutique wealth manager in both 2017 and 2020, and is consistently, outside of those years, in the top three or four. With me from Brentos Wealth in Stellenbosch is Sonia Duplessis. And Sonia, you wrote an article called Too Much Risk in Your Portfolio, and you say then, and that's a risk. And you wrote it a couple of months ago, and, and things have happened since then. In fact, things have probably deteriorated since then market-wise. So maybe we should have a look about what is driving market volatility at the moment. And that was your suggestion. The first one that you highlight is, is very obvious, the Russia-Ukraine war. Do you think this is going to keep on being an influence, Sonia? Yes. Hello, Lindsay, and thank you for having me on your program again. It's a pleasure. Um, I think if we can kick off on, you know, what is driving markets to behave like it's behaving at the moment. And, you know, if if you think about it, end of last year, end of December, markets picked up quite nicely. We were recovering from the tail end of COVID. And we thought markets, you know, will be better off going forward. And then February, the news hit the world outside that Russia is going to war against Ukraine and that affected markets quite badly. In the beginning, we all thought it's it's probably going to blow over quite quickly. Um, sanctions will kick in and Russia will retaliate and it won't go on that long. Um, and now we're in the middle of June, almost end of June, and the war is still going full steam ahead. So that is obviously influencing markets at, at this stage of the game and common or, or obvious things like the wheat price, maize prices, oil prices, and that 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 it's got an influence on that. And obviously that has a knock-on effect on, on world markets. It does. The, the one thing I will say about the Russia-Ukraine war is that um, it's almost as though people have got uh, war fatigue at, at the moment. So it's not quite as impactful. Yeah. I think it will have to take another step up or in many, in most people's, normal people's minds outside of Russia, a step down. In other words, get worse. I think the grain supply situation is serious and obviously energy. But on the other hand, people have sort of got a little bit bored with it. So I think the markets have factored in a long war and it have to be something quite dramatic, an escalation of tensions, maybe drawing in the West that would actually cause the markets mm. to take this as, as seriously as they did on February the 24th when the conflict broke out. What about China? Uh, China had China's very good lockdowns. It says you're locked down and that's yeah. the end of it. Um, those lockdowns have, have been lifted, but there's always sort of a, a storm cloud hanging over. If a few other uh, cities or whatever experience breakouts of COVID-19 or a new iteration of COVID-19, then of course the lockdowns will happen again. So it's always hanging over you. Yes. I mean, Lindsay, China is the second biggest economy in the world and there's a big cloud around China. They've been battling, I mean, it was April and May. They had two months of hard lockdown and they've only like very recently lifted that. There's a, quite a big backlog in China from the, the factories that, that stood still for a long period mm-hmm. and also the, the harbours. You know, there's a lot of, lot of goods that stuck at the, at the harbours. So and that has a knock-on effect on world economies. And if you listen to the economists out there, 
and banks, the bank economists, I think it was Goldman Sachs, they are projecting that where China used to like comfortably grow at 5% GDP growth per annum, it's probably going to be more in the region of, of 4%. So the Chinese, the situation around China definitely has an influence on world markets. Um, and I think, Lindsay, the, the last and the biggest influence on, on markets at this stage of the game is inflation. Definitely. Yeah, you know, that is in the US, inflation is on 86 8.7% at this stage of the game. And, and if you think about it, two years ago in 2020, it was under 2%. So it is a massive jump from 2% to 8.6%. It's a big shock to the market. I don't think the market expected inflation to be so high and for such a long period. Markets expected inflation to tick down and to, you know, to reduce. But at, at the moment, it's not, not reducing. It hasn't turned a corner yet. So our feeling is that as soon as inflation starts to turn a corner, then we'll probably see markets picking up again, confidence getting boosted and just the general feeling towards equity markets will will be a bit better. Yeah, I want to talk about the inflation issue very briefly because inflation was expected to be 8.3% last month in the United States. It came in at 8.6%. Okay, that was a bit of a surprise and the markets reacted yeah. very, very badly to that. But you've noticed that the oil price, which is the major influence in the CPI basket in, in the United States, consumer price inflation basket, that is, you can see the petrol prices at the pumps in America have come down for the first time for a little while because oil has gone from, I don't know, what, 124, 125 uh, two, three weeks ago. Uh, yesterday at one stage was around about 112. Okay, it's bouncing back yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So we may have seen the short-term peak in inflation. Whether the markets will say, that's great, it's we've peaked, I don't know. But uh, uh, certainly inflation... <laughs> way above that 2% level that you, you, you referenced earlier, Sonia. Inflation is here to stay for a little while, and I do think more mm. interest rate rises are coming. So we have to watch out for that. And we have to watch out for that in South Africa as well. So putting all this together, I mean, there's many other things we could talk about, but those three points you've identified are the main three, I think. What do you do about what investors should do when they feel they have too much risk in their portfolio? And I'm just going to ask you this before you, you do the, the bulk of the work here. Yes. Is it the chance for people now to say, I haven't got too much risk in my portfolio. I want to take on more risk because I can buy the NASDAQ at 25% plus cheaper than it was a few months ago. I can buy the S&P at 20% cheaper than it was in the same time period. So actually be bold and get in there. Yeah, Lindsay, I think if now is as good as time as ever to, if you're lucky enough to, to have cash on hand or have some cash in the money market, now is the time to, to buy into the market. Um, yes. it's, not, it's not easy. It goes against every grain in your body, especially if you're a novice investor and has been sitting with cash for a long period of time. It might not feel good, but you are buying in at, excellent levels and if you can stomach the volatility for another couple of months um might still be another year if you can stomach a little bit of volatility you are buying in at excellent excellent levels and i think that's one of the things that novice investors can can learn from more experienced investors you know your experienced investors they don't get flustered 
by market volatility. Yes, they do to some extent, but they don't get overly emotional. And your experienced investors always have some sort of a nest egg or cash kitty on the side where they can buy the market dips. I think that is a good tip to like, if you have cash at hand now, definitely consider buying the market and don't wait three months because you might just miss it. Know that you're going to have some volatility going forward, but it's a good time to to buy the market um, at the moment. Okay, you do say one thing. If closer to retirement, obviously the, you, you have many, many layers of clients, different ages, different income, yeah. uh, different circumstances. But you say if you're closer to retirement, you have to de-risk. Do you have to de-risk or should you also just say, I don't care if I'm in retirement, I want to take on risk because actually in retirement, I'm going to need more money because I'm living longer. Yeah, I think, Lindsay, there's so many layers to that question and one one has to look at it in detail. But if you, if you are close to retirement and you have quite a big capital base, I mean, then you can stomach volatility. Then yeah. you can ride the ups and downs because you've got enough cap, um, capital to give you a comfortable income for the next 20, 30 years. But if, you, uh, if you're at retirement and you, you don't have such a big retirement pot, then it might make sense now to, and if at this stage of the game, if you have a very high equity portfolio, maybe consider consider shaving a little bit off that and just putting it in in income funds or a little bit of gold i'm not i'm not saying making drastic big changes just shaving off a little bit of the equities and and buying it where you can get an eight you know buying something where you can get an eight nine percent income but that like I said, you have to, there's many layers, many layers attached to it, and you have to look at it in detail, and you have to make informed, wise decisions. Don't make emotional decision, decisions now. So for someone close to retirement, it might make sense to, to, to de-risk a little bit now. Yeah. If you are young, if you have time on your side, if you have a 40-year term, then don't lose focus. And that was one of the points I made, like, you know, don't lose focus. Keep your your mind on on your long term goal, where you are saving for a specific goal like retirement. Then you can stomach the the volatility that that equities are giving you at the moment. Yes, in that second point, then, you're, you're talking about focus. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. You say learn from experienced investors to always have some cash at hand so you can buy the dip so you're not fully invested and you can't take advantage of what is a bear market in the, both the S&P and the Nasdaq and I'm just using those as two global uh, sort of benchmark indices uh, mm. so if, if you learn from that and and your, your final point Sonia is diversification how many times have I spoken to you and your colleagues at Brentos yeah. about diversification and it, it can't be overemphasized actually the only yeah. way to reduce risk and volatility you say is diversification SA bonds excellent hiding place at the moment to get seven eight percent which is you know, overlooked people always look at equities but bonds incredible I mean the, the South African 10-year bond yield is something like 10.20 percent at the moment and uh, maybe have a look at gold as well what's what's your advice I mean, yeah, I mean, Lindsay, we, yeah, like like you mentioned, now you can't diversification really is key, and it's in times like like what we are experiencing now, the clients that are not phoning us and are not panicking 
are the ones that have a diversified portfolio. So it's the ones that, you know, they have a little bit of cash bonds. They've got a little bit of local exposure, offshore exposure. And those are the ones that are not panicking now. But it's the clients that are not diversified, clients that maybe took quite a big bet in cryptos, for example, or, you know, everything in, in equities. Those are the ones that are feeling very uncomfortable at this stage of the game. And, you know, we have to learn from it. Um, I think everything in life is a learning curve and, you know, learn from it and move on and make the necessary changes. And when the next market shakeout comes and it will come again, then at least you've learned from it and you've, you know, you won't be caught with your pants down again. Yes, I always try to avoid that. Sonia, thank you very much for your time and your insight. But I think uh, the, the last point, which I always make at the, well, I usually make at the end of these conversations, is if in doubt, just take your take your personal circumstances, get on the phone to your financial advisor and, um, and, and, and sit down for 20 minutes on the telephone or face-to-face or whatever, because these are challenging yeah. times. Yeah. And it's your job, Sonia. And you're very good yes, at it. Okay, sure. brilliant. Sonia Duplessis is from Brentos Wealth in Stellenbosch. And that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brentos Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.